Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am your host, Heather Hansen O'Neill, and our quote today is by Thich Nhat Hanh, in honor uh, and recognition for all he's done and the recent loss of him to the world. This quote is, living peacefully and happily is the best way to show our gratitude and is our greatest gift for the world and the next generation. I love this quote. And I would like to just say thank you so much to those of you who are subscribing to the show and are leaving the great reviews. We appreciate you. And now let me introduce you to our guest today. You're gonna enjoy her very much. Patricia Love is the author of the number one best-selling book, Seen and Unheard, a professional life coach, NLP, and EFT who motivates and builds confidence in women who struggle with being seen and heard in their own personal or business lives, turning her own life around from being broke and broken at age 57 she has made it her mission to turn her mess into her message. So let's bring her on now. Patricia, how are you? I'm great. And thank you for having me. It's uh, just wonderful to be talking to you. Oh, we're going to have so much fun together. Now, I know that you have an amazing story, but before we dive into that, is there anything I, I try to do a shortened bio? Is there anything else that you want people to know about before we jump into the questions for you? Sure. You know, it's interesting with that quote you uh, just quoted. Uh, I love that because when we're talking about peace and happiness, that's what I think most people strive for yeah. is peace and happiness. And I know uh, in my own world, that was really important. So uh, anyway, I thought that was a great quote. Thank you. I try to make it fit for what I think we're going to be talking about. Most of the time I get pretty close, um, but I, I know that you have learned and now teach people about how to come to that place of peace and the importance of being happy, but it wasn't, it wasn't an easy lesson, was it? No, it's definitely what they, people talk about as being a journey or a path. And it's an, it's an ongoing journey. I mean, I don't want to kid anybody. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to move forward and change and, and, and um, do different things and start helping others. But life is a beautiful struggle and it's a continual struggle. And it's really about how we handle it and we move forward and, um, and, and how we start dealing with ourselves within. But yeah, it's, it, it's a struggle every day. And just like everybody else, I have my days, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I think it's important for people out there to recognize that when you, like you and I, we, we tend to try to shift to the positive and finding solutions and the goodness. People think that because you run more positive, that your life is rosy. <laughs> that's, that's not, not true. true. <laughs> That's definitely not true. You know, I, I always like to quote things because I've always been in sales mm -hmm. um, is that it, life is really 80, 20. 
And some, when you're in maybe in a tough times, uh, you know, it's a 50, 50, negative, positive. And I strive to get to an 80, 20, because I think that's a great place to be is 80% positive, 20%, you know, is, is my struggle, you might say. Mm -hmm. And so I think people need to know that. Uh, I think what's different is when you start to acknowledge where you've been and what you've done, uh, then you actually, any kind of triggers or things that come up, you're able to manage them quicker mm -hmm. and even better. But, you know, they still, triggers come up, things happen, and you have to kind of, you know, check your own self. And, uh, but that's coming to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the beauty of it is making uh, life a beautiful struggle is that uh, we start to learn who we are, and then those struggles are more manageable. Mm-hmm. And I like that you mentioned get there faster, because I think that in the lessons that we learn through life, it, it doesn't mean that we don't have a little of that roller coaster. It just means that we find our way back up faster, right? Exactly. And, and exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We definitely, we recognize things more. Yeah. We recognize that, oh, this got triggered. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Rather than before, it was like, what's wrong with me? What's the matter with me? You know, now it's like, oh, wait a minute, that got triggered. And let's see, how can I move forward and grab a tool to, to kind of fix that? Yeah. And that comes from exactly what you just mentioned about knowing yourself. And that comes from the experience. So would you be comfortable sharing a little of your story and how you felt when you were in that rock bottom place? Oh, absolutely. But I, uh, let me just give you a little bit of background so that people can understand. Because yes, I think please. That, yeah, because I think what's important for people to know is that we just don't all of a sudden this happens, you know, like all of a sudden you just hit rock bottom, you know, there's usually reasons that kind of come up to that. And then it's how you handle it moving forward. Um, but it, for me, and I know this happens to a lot of women and a lot of men too, but primarily a lot of women in these days is that we are, we are, we brought up and we learn what we live. And in my particular instance, my father was very emotionally detached and my mother was an alcoholic. I was the youngest of three. So I was pretty much left alone because there was a lot of years between my brother and I, almost eight years. So it was almost kind of an only child, but they didn't pay the attention to me. They didn't encourage me. They didn't uh, inspire. Um, so I was kind of always on my own, playing on my own, doing on my own. But when you have that kind of lack of inspiration, a lack of love and hugs and, and things like that, as you grow into your, your teen years, you have a tendency to be more, a little bit more rebellious type of mm -hmm. thing because you, you're trying to get things. And then in my 20s, um, I was raped twice, but I also, um, and then of course, everything started to spiral a bit because I was drinking and drugging a little bit in my 20s uh, just to kind of detach from my own self. And I, and I had a tendency because my father used to buy me things rather than saying he loved me. And let me just put that into perspective for you is that when he would give me something, he would, or it was a birthday card, he would say, happy birthday, Mr. Jack M. Love, not dad, not anything. So that kind of gives you a perspective of oh, what I was yeah. coming from. So what happened is um, I was always constantly looking for that, constantly looking for love, right? Mm -hmm. And he would buy me things. And so I started to, to uh, look at that as love. Mm -hmm. So I, as I grew older, I felt like, oh, if I just make money and buy people things, they'll love me. Mm -hmm. And so it was a constant, it's a constant thing. But what that becomes is a roller coaster um, of, of feelings and, and not understanding. So 
you know, a lot of people would recognize things maybe in their early 20s and 30s, maybe, or even their 40s. But, you know, when you're on a high, you kind of go with it. And then when you get to that low, you just say, oh, I can just make more money and I'll fix it, you know, or I'll just be up again. But what happened to me at 57 is that everything just kind of hit at once. And it was the behaviors that I grew up with. And I, when I say the behaviors was not understanding how to about money. Uh, and so I would spend it, you know, as well as I could make it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there was you know, it, I would buy people things and relationships would fall apart because I was constantly looking for the white picket fence and it was not there. So I'd become what they call a runner. So I, my relationships were failing. Uh, I was in my, you know, well, second divorce, but third many relationships where I just kind of ran. Finances were bad. Um, and I was in the real estate industry which in 2008, obviously a lot of people know that there was a big recession or not, you know, and everything. Yeah. So all that money that I was making stopped. Mm -hmm. And it was at the point where at the, that point I was $140,000 in debt. Mm -hmm. I, my husband had just left me for somebody else, a younger woman. My mother had passed recently mm -hmm. and I was overweight, like 40 or 50 pounds. So it, it all came to a head for me. You know, sometimes we can have one or two of these things happen. And sometimes you can kind of maneuver. Some people have a tougher time, but for me, it was like four to five, six things that just hit mm. me at once. And so basically one day it was in actually 2009 that I had to say to my, I actually was drinking too much and I was on the floor. I was literally broke and broken. And I say broken because I just didn't know where to go. It was just like, there was this, I was on this hamster wheel that never seemed to stop, you know, and, and yet I knew to do something. So that night um, I had to make a decision and I'm not sure what your uh, readers think and people can believe what they want or their, your listeners, but I had this feeling in me that came over me that was like an energy that literally just came into my body that said, you got to make a change. You got to take your power back. You've got to do something. You've got, you've got to do it now because there's a lot less in front of you than there is what's behind you now. So in other words, at 57, if I wanted to enjoy life and have a life, I needed to make a decision and change at that moment. And truly, I did make that decision. It's funny, I had five words that came to my mind and I didn't even know why they came to my mind, but I just said, I need to write these down. And those five words were acknowledgement, uh, forgiveness, mindset, accountability, and perseverance. And later I added gratitude, but um, it was that day that, that was the start of, I gotta make a change and where do I start? And the first thing was after I realized why I wrote those um, you know, words down, I had to start acknowledging where I was at which was broken, broken. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. And like you said, we can handle any one of these things, but when it piles on, it's just so hard to see the light and it's okay to talk about energy the way that you talked about it here. They're used to, my listeners are used to hearing it. I talk about it. So, so you know, we, we, we feel this and it's like this something beyond you helped pull you through. So Absolutely. what did you do? Yeah, you agree. So what did you do next? So literally, and I'm not going to say everything happened overnight, like people like, oh, well, she became the positive person, 80, 20, right? right? You know? yeah, yeah, right. Suddenly, no. <laughs> and suddenly, uh, like in a book, no, that didn't happen. But what I can say is that 
it took maybe about a week or two and I started understanding what these words were meant for. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had to take baby steps and I realized I needed to acknowledge that I was in debt. When I say that I needed to open up the bills. Mm -hmm. I need to acknowledge the fact that I may not have a home on, you know, a roof over my head if I'm not careful and figure out what I can and can't do, uh, which at that point meant sell everything that was sellable. Mm -hmm. Thank the Lord. Uh, thank God or whatever you want to universe. Thank you that gold at that time was very high. And I had, you know, collectively over the years, you know, bought gold and real gold. And even my sister sold gold many, many, many years ago that I never got rid of. And, and, and that's an, actually another story in its hand, because I actually believe that uh, my sister was one of those energies that came through me that day, because she had passed um, about when I was 29, and she was 39. So I, and I've always believed she's been attached to my side. And so I kind of believe that there was some help given right there. So mm -hmm. I, thank God I was able to sell all kinds of things to start paying things down, or at least have a roof over my head. And I just had to start acknowledging what I needed to do and make a small plan. And I took only baby steps because I realized that before I would try to say, oh, I'm going to do this. And it was so overwhelming that I'd stop. Yes. And I really started to realize and, and research things also, because obviously there was Google and everything by then. I wanted to understand more of, you know, how to get out of debt and how to be better. So I was mentoring myself because I couldn't find anybody that, would help me for free, you know, at that time, you know, mm -hmm. so I was going to the library and, 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 and doing all kinds of researches, but um, that's kind of how it started. And then I learned to forgive myself, which is where that second word came in. Oh yeah. And I had to not only forgive myself for not being perfect, you might say, but, but to give my permission to not be perfect. Yes. Cause I was comparing myself to others, right? At 57, mm -hmm. you'd think you'd stop comparing, but I was always comparing like, oh, I gotta be better than that. I, you know, because don't forget, and I think this is true with a lot of people, on the outside, I looked like I had everything. Oh yeah. Literally the cars, the, the you know, the boat, the men, the, what, the money, but it was all just a mask that I wore, you know, mm -hmm. you know covering up my, uh, my, my insecurities, my, my non-confidence, my not enough feeling, yeah, you know, yeah. my self-esteem. So it was definitely a journey. I'm still on that journey. Um, yeah, but it doesn't what end. It's not like, oh, I, I'm here now. Everything's no, no. In fact, I will be, you know, growing and on this path and taking, you know, uh, different branches of that path, I'm sure at some point, um, all the way till I pass, you know, and I actually am looking forward to that because now I look at these things as, um, in a different way. I don't, I don't, uh, get mad and upset at myself because I've learned to, um, give myself permission, to, like I said, to being flawed. Mm -hmm. So, because before I would get angry at myself when things didn't go the way I wanted and I yeah. get that anger. And I'm like, now I don't have that. Now it's like, okay, that didn't go well. <laughs> You know, let me try so, something else. <laughs> let, me, let me pivot and let me kind of shift or what can I do to do different things? And I'm going to bring up a quote that I now live by. And I found this quote was about, oh, a year into probably about when I was 58 or 59, but 
it's by Wayne, I think it's Wayne Dyer, there might be some other person, but Wayne Dyer actually has stated too, is if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I love that quote. I love that quote. And I use that quote in my everyday life, every day now, mm-hmm. you know, is there anything I need to change? Do I need to look at things differently? Um, and, and it helps you not to be judgmental. It helps you to listen more. It helps yes. you. So I, I live by I that. I love that because it's, it, it's very powerful because once you recognize that, that you can make that shift, that you have the, the power to change how you're looking at something or how you're responding to it, there's freedom in that. Oh, oh. It's unbelievable. And I talked at the beginning when you talked about that other quote mm-hmm. is peace. Yes. It's, um, it's a freedom and it's peace. And it actually builds your confidence more. It yeah. actually, when you, there's all kinds of things. And since I'm a confidence coach, it truly does help you see that just, you can do so little teeny things that can build your confidence back. And sometimes it's just releasing some of that negativity and releasing and forgiving. Like for instance, I had to, which is, I know very hard for for people. So I don't want your listeners to think this is easy either, but you know, I had to forgive my, my father, Mm. my mother, because they had their own stories. Yeah. You know, I didn't know all of their stories. Um, But now that I do and understand it better as an adult, you look back and go, wait a minute, you know, they had their own stories. I understand it. And I love them. And I totally forgive them. I even forgave my rapist because I could not hold on to that energy mm-hmm. that that was was constant even though because I was really good and I think a lot of we, people are good at this too is compartmentalizing especially when you need to go on especially single mothers especially yes. people that don't have help you just you compartmentalize so you can move forward um it's and still me, there it's yeah still, it, yes it, just, it gets in your cells mm-hmm. it just hits you and each eats at you and it gets triggered yeah. you know, down the line, if you don't remove it or forgive and release that mm-hmm. from you. And when you do and acknowledge that you're releasing it and acknowledge that your own personal truths of what was holding you back, that's like a bunch of bricks coming off your shoulders. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a really beautiful thing. And so I, every, every single day now, I take those five words that I mentioned and go through them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, would you, you know, repeat them again for our listeners, please? Absolutely. Is, you know, I would, I, I, every day I would at nighttime, I go, okay, do I need to acknowledge anything? Did I do something? Did there, was there some kind of a truth or what, if, was there some negative behavior? Do I need to acknowledge it? Do I need to forgive anybody? You know, did I maybe do something I shouldn't have done? Maybe I had a little road rage, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, forgive somebody did I need to forgive myself. Also, I had to make sure was my mindset in the right spot. Mm-hmm. You know, was it was it positive today? Was it negative? How can I how can that make it better? Accountability. Are you were you accountable for yourself today? Did you you know did you do your goals? Did you check them off? And some days it was like, ooh, I missed one, you know, type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and perseverance. You know, uh, persevering is always hard for people because it's like they need something to keep them move, moving them forward to never give up. And so I want to mention to your you and, and the listeners that. When I got to that perseverance and never giving up, I wrote out a huge why. Um, And what that why was relating to was I never wanted to be back at 2009 on Mm -hmm. the floor, half drunk, broke, broken, overweight, 
not having any financial freedom. And I wrote that in such detail why I didn't want to go back there because mm-hmm. of that day. So when I, anytime that I get a little bit, you know, like settled, you know how sometimes we can just kind of get more comfortable, you might yes. say, yes, you know, moving and you kind of go backwards a tad bit. I pull that why out and that's that. That why makes me cry every single time. And everybody's why should make them cry mm-hmm. so that they keep pushing them forward. And oh, that's what I do. And then, of course, I told you I added gratitude later. But gratitude, of course, is the most one of the most important words because I'm just grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for talking to you. I'm grateful. Um, and it's grateful in the smallest of things, you know. Um, and it's it, amazing how gratitude pushes you forward and opens up doors when you can just be happy with what you have in this moment, just the little things. Oh, it's so incredibly uh, empowering gratitude. I, and I also just wanted to, to bring up when you're talking about uh, your, your why your, the, the, what you wrote down and how that helps with the perseverance. I, I believe, and I talk about this a lot that you can accomplish any, what, if you have a strong enough, why, and I love that you wrote it down and then go back and look at it when you need that strength and confidence again, because it's still there. And if it makes you cry still today, it's a darn good one. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think more people, if they would do that, it, it's, you know, just for a good example, it's like when people say, oh, I want to lose 20 pounds mm-hmm. uh, and they work at it. Maybe, you know, they may lose 10 or 20 pounds and, and the such. And then they seem to put back on that 20, maybe even add a 10 to it. Mm-hmm. And it's because I believe that their their why is not strong enough. Yeah. Why do you want to lose weight? Just to look better. Do you want to feel better? Do you want to have better health? Is it because you want to be alive for your grandkids or your, your kids or whatever you might be, your, your fur baby, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it, it, so it's that why that will push people forward and, 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 and keep them where they, that 20 pounds off. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That helps tremendously. Now I know that you have um, a swan story and um, analogy. I think it's fantastic. Could you share it with our listeners? The swan story. Yeah. Well, you, you, you compare how you felt oh, like the proverbial yes, swan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like yes. it. It's good. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like, I got so many stories. Girl, <laughs> I'm wondering like, okay, which, you know, and it really is, it's that, that's what I felt like. I felt like that beautiful swan. And I, it's funny because I grew up with swans and I think that's why I related to this. And I, I had this, but swans sometimes, you know, they're so beautiful on the outside and everything is just perfect and serene and, and wonderful. Yet it's the paddling of their feet to get them to where they want. They're just going, 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 going mm-hmm. that, you know, it, you don't realize what's going on under the water. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, I, I hope people can understand that, you know, in some ways we're all beautiful swans. We're all, you know, just, you know, we want people to like us. We want people to do this. But when you're paddling so hard that it, it, it's, it feels like you'll never get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to kind of stop and, and kind of get off that, that wheel to really realize, you know, slow it down to pause. And I, and I, I bring that up, which is kind of how that swan story started is that it's just stopping and pausing. Yes. And realizing that 
who I am and what I am and that I am good enough. And, and I got to keep reminding myself, even to this day, I have to remind myself of that. Mm-hmm. But to realize that if I don't pause and I don't get off that hamster wheel so I can understand who I am, what I am and why I'm here, mm-hmm. then that it will uh, it'll you, it just never stops. You, you Because people are going so fast these days mm-hmm. that until they stop and pause, they don't understand. They just, they're in a, they're on a roller coaster. They're on a hamster wheel. They're paddling like a swan underneath the water, just trying to stay afloat. You know, when you're describing it, I'm thinking of congruency and honesty. So the, the swan before the way you felt where what you're projecting out into the world was not how you felt on the inside, but now it seems like you were so much more congruent and how you feel and how you behave, right? Is that absolutely true? yes? I mean, I I'm at peace. I'm, I'm I'm much more at peace. I mean, the world is still out there, you know, running, you know, like a hamster wheel. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, and there's all these beautiful swans just moving around in a gliding way, but in reality, I know that they're pedaling like crazy to stay afloat. Um, and and it's. I didn't want to be pedaling because I felt when, and when all this was going up till I was 57, I felt I was pedaling all the time because, you know, I, it, I'd be on a high, you know, making all this money and, and living the great life, meeting a new guy and everything was wonderful. Right. And then everything falls apart and I'm just trying to pedal again to, to keep up. And that gets really tiring. Yeah. It's really gets tiring and, and, and understanding that, um, you're, that I was flawed and okay with being flawed because there's nothing, there's no perfect anything. And, and to stop comparing myself, you know, to trying to be the, the beautiful girl or, uh, you know, the, the late woman that made all this money and bought all these cars, it, that gets so tiring to keep up that image and basically wearing that mask. So I look mm-hmm. at the, the mask and the swan as this is the, on the outside. And then when I would get home, a lot of times I'd cry and I would say, why me? You know, I'd play the victim to a point, Yeah, you know, because you don't understand until you are ready. And when I say that, it's like, even people I coach and you probably know this too, is until people are ready to do something, they'll do nothing at all. It's so true. And and I think of it as you mentioned comfort before until Mm -hmm. someone is uncomfortable enough to make a change, you really can't help them because they have to, they have to want to make the change. They absolutely have to. And I actually, my, one of my own, I I think this is somebody else's quote too, but I am now very comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. And I strive for that because when I start feeling too comfortable, I'm like, Oh, I got to shake this up. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I I love the title of your book, Seen and Unheard. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the book? Absolutely. I I wrote it. um, It's it's a memoir. Mm -hmm. um, But the stories that I write about in the in in the in the book could be about your partner or daughter or friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I've directed it in a lot of ways to to women who feel dismissed and uh, marginalized and overlooked in their in their careers or in their personal lives. Um, Because as I grew up and uh, back in the 60s where uh, 50s and 60s, um, that I thought that things were changing in a lot of ways because I thought, well, well, gosh, you know, I'll be one of those women that, you know, really 
moves forward because I had I got shoved into kind of a sales position because I wasn't I didn't have an education in, in reality. But, oh, but over the years, though, women have been conditioned to believe that they're less qualified and less than mm-hmm. um, because of you know the images of of, of advertising and and mm-hmm. all that. And so, honestly, I wanted this book through the stories that I could tell to maybe help women realize, oh, that could be, that sounds a little bit like me, or my story's not quite the same, but I understand what she's saying. And, but finding a way to ignite their own power within mm-hmm. and realize that they can rewrite their story at any time. And so that's one of the reasons I wrote it, but also just releasing, um, you know, it from my body, you might sell additional final cells. Cause I believe when you write a book, you're releasing something uh, more negative energy that you maybe were holding on to that, even though you've worked through a lot of things, putting it out to the world makes it a difference, but seen and unheard is a lot of women are seen and they're not listened to. Yes. Uh, I see it every day and I see it through um, lack of self-esteem, um, the feeling of not being enough, the lack of confidence, because they've been marginalized and dismissed over the years. And honestly, I actually thought we would have evolved a lot more, even though we have, don't get me wrong. I in some ways feel that we've taken some step backwards in, in, in some ways. And so I, I constantly am always really, you know, rooting for us women to, um, to be equal to, to other genders. I love that. I love that. You know, this is actually probably a good time for you to share with people how they can find the book, how they can connect with you. And I believe you have a special offer, a blueprint. Could you tell them about that too? Yes, absolutely. It it actually, uh, the blueprint or my call it like my five steps to confidence Mm -hmm. uh, is is basically my words, it's acknowledgement, forgiveness, mindset, and accountability and persevering and going into it, you know, a bit more, because I believe that these words can change people's lives if they actually begin to uh, work with them and understand them and start, uh, because again, acknowledgement is one of the hardest things that people do, because nobody wants to feel like they're flawed, but you, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to admit to that, that we are. So it kind of is a blueprint of, uh, not kind of, it is a blueprint <laughs> of, actually of my words. And so by people, you know, getting that blueprint or the five steps to confidence, um, that's going to really help move them forward and uh, start making them think about things. Um, that's great. We'll put a, we'll put a link for that into the for anyone. And then also, can they find your book on your website? Yes, absolutely. You go to patricialove.com. My book is there for sale. And also it's for sale on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. So it's easy to go there. And if somebody wants to follow me on Instagram, which I love giving powerful confidence quotes, and I jump on there in a video a lot of, a lot of times too, is to go to Coach Patricia Love. Mm. Very good. Oh, we'll make sure that you'll get all access to all of those in our show notes. Patricia, you've been amazing. Now, I always like to ask my guests, what do you want to make sure that our listeners walk away with it? Or do you have the final parting words of wisdom for them? Yes, I actually, I would like, I would like everybody out there to just stop mm-hmm. um, and breathe. Take five minutes, two minutes to yourself to start with. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot. 
but being alone with yourself so you can start moving forward in a much more positive way. Because if you don't stop, you'll just stay on that hamster wheel. Mm, that is a fabulous one, Patricia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you and your story and your positive energy and the lessons that you've shared with our listeners today. And all of you out there, feel free to share this episode if you liked it, because you know there's somebody out there who needs a little confidence right now as well. Yes. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.